Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. From the minute that the gun touched my neck, I was praying. And I was praying, help me remain calm. Help me find a way to escape. Give me an opportunity to escape. And 100%, I know that was a pivotal part of my ability to survive and to escape. In June of 2002, at just 15 years old, the life of Kara Robinson Chamberlain would change as she knew it. Well, in her best friend's front yard, she was approached by a man who put a gun to her neck and forced her into his car. This man would go on to take Kara to his apartment where he held her captive for 18 hours and assaulted her before her daring escape. She was then able to lead law enforcement back to the apartment where they later discovered that the man who had taken her was a serial killer. Today on Connection, she's going to share this powerful story and how it has changed her life. It was a beautiful summer day in June of 2002 when Kara Robinson Chamberlain's life was changed forever. She is a survivor, keynote speaker, and an advocate for victims of trauma. You are a keynote speaker, as you mentioned, and passionate about helping survivors. And survivors of pretty difficult situations, this passion comes deep within you. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience and what happened to you? Of course. So... When I was 15 years old, I was watering the flowers, the plants, in front of a friend's house. It was a summer day, and a car pulled into the driveway that I'd never seen before. A stranger got out. He did not look creepy or scary in any way that would make me suspicious. Uh, He approached me, said he was handing out some pamphlets, and when he reached in to give them to me, he put a gun to the side of my neck. He took me captive. He put me in a container in the back of his car. He took me to his apartment where I was assaulted multiple times, and I was there for 18 hours before I escaped. I escaped while he was sleeping. I escaped the restraints that I was in and ran out the front door, went to law enforcement, and was able to give them information to help identify him at which point he had already gone on the run. He was on the run for a few days before police caught up with him. There was a police chase and he actually shot himself. But shortly after that, they were able to identify him as the person responsible for at least three other murders in Virginia in 1996 and 1997. So when I was 15, I was kidnapped by and escaped from a serial killer. What's amazing about this is, like you just said, you were 15 years old. Somehow you managed to figure out where he had taken you. You managed to escape. Tell us, like, as a 15-year-old, what that was like and how you managed to keep track of all that. I think that the human body is able to do pretty amazing things. We hear these stories of amazing feats of strength or um, you know, different things that people are able to do under stress. And that is about the only thing I can attribute what I was able to do with is that it was just how my body responded in stress. So I pretty quickly knew that this man meant to harm me. And I basically co-regulated his nervous system with my actions. So I remained calm and kind of tried to get his trust a little bit so that he would become complacent enough to escape because I always knew I wanted to escape and then I 
I would escape. That was my belief. And so I also knew that I did not know this man and I did not know where I was. So I needed to gather any information I could from getting close to his refrigerator where there were magnets that had his doctor and his dentist and memorizing that information to trying to read his mail, to having a conversation with him and finding out he had been in the Navy, uh, seeing things in his home like um, feminine hygiene products and a hairbrush with long red hair that led me to believe that a woman lived there that had red hair. So I was kind of fact gathering all of these things. And it was just my, my stress response to remain calm, gather information, wait on him to, to become complacent or to not be paying attention or to be sleeping. And then I would escape and take that information to law enforcement. So that was kind of my plan all along. It's pretty incredible that you could have that, I don't know, that piece, um, I don't know, just to do that detective work in such a incredibly stressful situation. Um, and then you survive and you come to find out he's a serial killer uh, once you led authorities to him. How did you, I don't know, make sense of that over the years? Like all these other people fell victim to him, but you survived. Did you struggle with a sense of guilt over surviving? Or what was that like for you to piece together? I think it was a, it was a slow process of realization because my captor told me that he was going to let me go when he was, quote, done with me and that it would be my choice whether I went to law enforcement or not. So for a very long time, I more or less believed him because he had not done anything that made me believe anything differently. And once I found out that he had murdered these other girls, I still thought for, for a while, and now I was, you know, I was still a teenager. So I still thought for a while, well, maybe that wouldn't have happened to me and I didn't give him a, a chance. So I think I did not dwell on it very much um, of what could have happened, but as, it's been 20 years now. So as time has passed, I have realized that had I not escaped, he would have murdered me. And um, I think it's, it's easy for me to process it and it's easy for me to deal with it because I don't tend to live in the what ifs for me. Like, yeah, he would have, but he didn't. I escaped, I survived, and I was able to give some answers to these families who had no idea what happened to their daughters for six, seven years. And so I did not really feel much guilt or anything like that. It's just been a slow process because essentially for 20, no, not, not quite 20 years, but for 15 years, I told myself I wasn't affected because of the way I dealt with my trauma, which was to just shut down all of my emotions. So everything's kind of been unpacked in the last five years, honestly. Did you have any faith in the midst of this a relationship with God that helped you at all through any of this? Yes, absolutely. This would be, I would consider this kind of the touchstone for my faith, honestly. So I was not raised in church, but I, I knew of God and I always felt like I had a close connection. It's almost like, um, a heart-to-heart -heart connection with God. And when I would pray for things, I, I remembered the first thing that I had ever prayed for was my cat had run away. And I, I remember sitting at the window and praying fervently that my cat would come home. And the cat literally walked down the driveway, like, as I was praying. And so that was kind of my, hmm. my recollection of what prayer was. 
So from the minute that the gun touched my neck, I was praying and I was praying, help me remain calm, help me find a way to escape, give me an opportunity to escape. And 100%, I know that was a pivotal part of my ability to survive and to escape. It's still amazing to me. I'm just thinking, going back, you're 15. You did all this detective work. This is prior to social media being a thing. This is when, you know, we just played outside and, you know, had nature. God, like you said, definitely played a huge role in all of this. Yes, absolutely. So much. And, um, you know, it's not it's not something I always talk about with my story, um, but it is something that has always been a big part of my life since then. And it developed my faith and it allows me to always remember that God is faithful and that he does answer prayers because I have this very tangible experience and very tangible proof of what God can and will do. How have you moved uh, towards healing? What did that process look like for you where you're able to be in a position today where you're helping others now? What was that journey like? It was very interesting because for 20 years, um, I more or less have, well, let me, let me go back. Um, for 15 years, I told myself that I was not affected by my trauma. So there's a lot of different ways that people deal with trauma, like in the moment. And for me, it was to compartmentalize and to dissociate. So I was very outside of my body. I wasn't in my body. I wasn't feeling emotions. So even when I think back on my trauma, there's not a lot of emotional connection because it wasn't necessarily encoded during the traumatic event. And so for a very long time, I was able to do keynote speeches. I was able to do all these things and it did not affect me. So I thought, and then I have two little boys. And after the birth of my second child, I realized that kind of everything compounded and I was not feeling very many feelings in general. Um, I think your, your children can very often be one of your biggest teachers. And for me, that was the case. And so I began kind of digging in because at this point um, I was not able to go to therapy. That was not something that was accessible or realistic for me. And so I had to begin healing in my own way. And so I kind of got very introspective and, and had a lot of prayer and a lot of growth during the last five years of, okay, why don't I feel feelings? What am I afraid of? And I realized that I had given myself this narrative of I was strong and strong people can't be affected by their trauma and they can't cry. And so I kind of had to dismantle these false narratives I have, I had created about myself. And a lot of that was done through tools that I had at my own disposable, I'm sorry, tools that I had at my own disposal. So things like um, EFT tapping, um, stretching, uh, exercise was a huge, huge part of my recovery and just kind of keeping me grounded and um, keeping my mind right. And so it's been a lot of alternative type things and so that's a lot of what I talk to people about now is how to take the power back into your own hands and, and take your healing into your own hands. And I think for a lot of people who are survivors of traumatic events, that can be something that's very empowering that your healing is in your control. 
uh, kind of not allowing that, like, I guess you pay attention to the trauma that happened, but you don't give the person that caused it um, the control over over the course that your life's going to take after it happened. You take control of it. And I notice on your social media, like one of the things you say is, while healing with Jesus, first and foremost, you've got that first, right? Yeah. Can you yeah, tell us I a little do. bit about that role that Jesus played in the healing journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, I, my faith has, since my trauma, been something that has given me peace. I think one of the biggest things that I've experienced, again, has been since I've had children. And I have had a lot of anxiety since having children. And um, really, the only way that I've been able to combat it, because it's, it's sporadic, it is unpredictable, is through prayer. So it's kind of like whenever I worry, I just go, you know what, this is out of my control. I have this experience that was out of my control, something that happened to me, and I made it through with prayer. And so pretty much every difficult situation that has come along since then, my husband traveled out of the country for two thirds of the year, um, the first 10 years of our marriage and while my children were being born and raised. And I was worried about him all the time, but I would just pray. I would just pray through it. And um, so the prayer has helped me with the anxiety aspect. And then the community and the people that surround me have really kind of held me up because one thing that I'm very open and transparent about on my social media is that we all have good days and we all have bad days. And just because you have a bad day, it doesn't mean that your faith is failing. It doesn't mean that you're not healing or you're going backwards. And so when I do have those bad days, I do show them on social media and I show them, you know, to people that follow me, but I also share them and have these amazing women of God who have supported me through this journey. So, um, you know, I think just knowing that we have someone that loves us so much that they sacrifice their son, like that has been something that has been so healing and helpful and kind of a guiding light to me through my healing process and knowing that it doesn't, doesn't matter what I do. And, um, God has, you know, my best interest in heart and that I can, just do the best that I can do and be the best that I can be. And God can work with that. Right. Like, um, I just have seen so many examples of how, when I follow God's will and I just sit with open hands, willing to receive and use the things that he gives me that I am immensely blessed. And so I just will continue to do that. Now, one other thing I caught um, is you find healing and help others find healing with a sense of childhood joy. Touch on that really quick for me. Why is that important to the healing journey after such a traumatic experience? So very often, whenever you experience childhood trauma, especially, um, your brain kind of stops developing a little bit in, in some ways. And so you can kind of get stuck there. And then you can imagine how that can stunt your childhood. And one of the biggest things for healing is just, I think as we get older and we become adults, we forget the things that truly bring us joy. 
And so for me, in the last two years, something that I have kind of um, kind of just dug my, my heels into a little bit is thinking of the things that brought me joy when I was a child and kind of living through my children, like watching them and getting ideas from them and, you know, the childhood joy and the childhood wonder. And I've found that helps me to feel a lot more peace because very often we get sucked down as adults into the drudgery of life, right? Like you have to do this and you have to do that. And, and it becomes, you know, this monotonous slog sort of, and we forget how to really enjoy life because we were put here for more than just waking up and going to work and going to church on Sundays and, you know, checking off boxes. And whenever we're able to remember the things, excuse me, whenever we're able to remember the things that actually bring us joy and dig into those, it makes us so much more vivacious. It makes us able to live a fuller life. And then it just gives us more energy and it makes us more enjoyable to be around. And, um, you know, I think that just helps me to be the best version of myself. So I'm like, oh, I, I like coloring. I really mm. like coloring or I loved roller skating as a child. And so I've started roller skating again. Am I great at it? Absolutely nice. not. <laughs> but I do it. <laughs> and it brings you joy. It does. It makes me so happy. I want to backtrack just a little bit because we kind of jumped over this portion of your story. Um, speaking of your children, prior to your children being born, you actually ended up going on to work with the agency that investigated your case. What was it like to be on that side of things and to be on the law enforcement side and to deal with those victims? I, I actually really loved it because it gave me a lot of insight into the things that happened in my case that I never would have known otherwise. So eventually people told me, yeah, you know, I was there. I searched that apartment or I um, responded to the hotel room that we thought he was at, things like that. And so I found that immensely interesting and healing just to hear these other perspectives. But then I also, I learned a lot about uh, how the justice system, and I, I think it gave me a better well-rounded appreciation of how cases are handled because I worked in the investigation of sex crimes and child abuse cases for a while and they are very very difficult to process and so I think it helped me to do what I'm doing now which is to um, you know work with people and help them to understand how the justice system works and how it's so important to find healing outside of a prosecution or a conviction. It's so important to find healing within yourself that's not reliant upon law enforcement um, because law enforcement is limited. So it, it gave me a lot of interesting perspectives that helped me do what I do today. Um, and it was very empowering to help people who were having some of the worst things happen to them. So the ability to sit with someone who, you know, maybe it was a relational assault where it was someone that they were in relation with and to sit with them and say, I believe you. That's just something that you can never underestimate the importance and the impact of to hear. I believe you when someone discloses something so difficult. Um, it was, it was really impactful to everything that 
has come after and and really to just love on people it, it taught me how to give people the words and the resources that they needed to begin healing now you share your story a lot on social media as well tell us what that's been like the uh, past few years for you to do that it's been interesting to say the least <laughs> um so i have had a few videos go viral and overwhelmingly the response is positive i get a ton of positive uh, responses from people and feedback. I do get the trolls, right? Like I get um, the negative people that want to leave hateful comments. And, and honestly, I just, I'm, I'm not impacted by those. I see those as people who are hurting, like, wow, mm. you, you must have a really, you must have something really tough going on. Or like, you must be really brokenhearted in some way to, to come and pour that onto me. And, um, I think the, the best part of it, though, is almost every single day I get messages from women who feel seen and they feel heard and they feel like it, they can heal and they have taken things that I've said and it's helped them to heal. And I have always, always felt like what happened to me happened for a reason and the way I dealt with it was something that helped me to share and that because I was able to share, I would help someone someday. And now I'm at the place where I, I don't think it would be an overestimate to say that I've helped thousands of people to heal. And that is just so, it's so heavy, but kind of in a good way. And, yeah. um, my pastor asked me recently, how, how is what you're doing furthering the kingdom of God? And I said, I feel like I am the good Samaritan on the road, metaphorically binding the wounds of the broken and the hurting. I'm sitting with them in their pain and in their trauma, and I'm helping them heal. And that the gravity of that uh, you know, I, I feel like if I were not here sharing and I were not doing this, it would be selfish of me because I'm like, it, I'm, I'm fine. I can do it. And, and I'm helping people. And I, and so it's been, it's been amazing to have the ability to reach the numbers of people that I'm able to reach. It's, it's mind boggling, honestly. <laughs> Most days, if I sit down and think about it, I just go, wow, so many people. <laughs> <laughs> but you're definitely making a huge impact for those who want to check out your social media or want to learn more about your story. How can they go about doing that? Yeah. So I have a website. It's Kara Robinson Chamberlain.com. And I have all of my social links there, but I'm also Kara Robinson Chamberlain on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and KR underscore Chamberlain on Twitter. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and transparent and open and sharing your story with us and others. We really appreciate it. Of course. I'm, I'm glad to do it. Thank you for having me. I'm, it's just an honor to be able to share with your audience. And and if anyone ever feels like, you know, you can't, you can't make it through this day, then just remember all you have to do is you just have to get up one more time that you, then you fall down. 
it's it's just so simple when you think about it like that. You just have to get up one more time and then you'll be successful. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.